broadcasting live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you on a Paul's Wednesday. Beautiful day indeed. Glad you're with us. I'm Jeff. There you see Tom, Director Matthew in the house as well. And away we go. And what is that hold your breath time of year as we get set to monitor and perhaps celebrate on occasion the stuff that's going down with the transfer portal all of that goodness, all of the things that, uh, you know, keep it interesting in the quote-unquote off-season uh, in college football, although that's becoming less and less of a thing, meaning off-season. There really isn't one these days as we all watch our rosters and everybody else's to see what's available, who's staying, who's going, all that good stuff. So should be fun, and we do have some information on that front In fact, we already recorded a clip, Tom and I did, just about an hour ago, uh, involving a couple of the players uh, that have entered the portal for Florida State. For those driving around, perhaps haven't checked it out, aren't as locked in on a regular basis with what's happening uh, in the transfer portal, I can tell you uh, that, you know, look, there's a lot of players in it. I will say this, Tom, when we look at the countrywide, when you look at the nation, when you look at the, the talent that has entered the portal, whatever it is, close to 300 names since it opened back up. Um, I would just note that uh, you know, most of the players that are entering the portal right now are, are guys. In fact, two-thirds of them I read earlier this morning. Uh, two-thirds of the players available this week have never started a game in college football. So there aren't a ton of high-end players, elite-level players, established players that have made a big difference for a power five team that have entered in. There's a few, but there aren't that many. And I feel like that's kind of where we're headed with this thing. I think, again, as collectives get better and as programs get better at figuring this stuff out, and as you begin to recruit better within the high school ranks and you develop a culture and and then you kind of you build a wall around it. And, I, and what I mean by that is you do it, you do it with the best way possible. You create the culture, you, you do the right thing in the NIL game. You really don't have as much to go after once you've established a roster. And Florida State is getting closer and closer to establishing a roster. Yeah, I'd say that, you know, what I'll be looking at the next two weeks for this open portal period, and then what I'll be looking at subsequent for the next month or two will be two different things. Uh, I want to see if any big Power 5 teams are jettisoning players or the players themselves are saying that I'm not pleased with where I came out in spring. And that's what you're alluding to, is a lot of these kids aren't aren't actually in the too deep at all. Uh, they're, they're guys that, you know, might be buried and, and they want a, a better situation. But that's only one pile of resumes, if you will, in the portal. The other is 
the kids from group of five schools, the kids from a lower level that are going to complete their undergraduate studies, and they might not be in the portal this in this two-week period of time, but once you complete your four-year degree, you can enter at any moment and, and go somewhere else at any moment. So, you know, I just wonder if Florida State takes, say, four players. Let's just say that they, they have enough guys leave that they can take four players on. How many of them would actually come from Power Five? Because my guess would be one or two at most. They probably would mine for the Braden Fisks of the world from the Western Michigans of the world more than they would from, say, you know, Alabama or Georgia or South Carolina again or something along those lines. Yeah, I, I just I think that you can be really selective right now. If we talk about what Florida State may want to bring in, you know, I think the answer is pretty clear. You might want to bring in a linebacker. You might want to bring in a safety and you might want to bring in a defensive end. I don't know that there's another position that you would feel strongly about. Maybe a difference maker at wide receiver, maybe, but it doesn't seem like that's something that's going to happen right now. So I think the three positions I just named are likely the positions where if the right guy entered the portal and he met all of the pre-existing criteria, that's the biggest part of what Florida State's done in creating the culture despite adding all of these transfer portal players. It is hard to maintain uh, a happy environment uh, if if you're constantly recruiting over guys with veteran players from other schools. I mean, that would rub you the wrong way pretty quick if you've been putting in the work and you're on the come up and then somebody swoops in to take over, you know, that junior season. I think that that would be frustrating for a lot of people and eventually that would catch up with you. The only way you can do it is if you've created a really good culture by Having a set of rules, and we know what those are. We've already talked about that with Mike Norvell. I've talked about it with Alex Atkins. I've talked about it um, with Adam Fuller. That, you know, guys aren't just coming here because we need to fill a role. They have to meet a lot of other needs besides just being fast and strong and being able to jump high and perhaps play the position that we need to be filled. You have to be a, a team guy first. You have to be willing to work. You have to be willing to submit to the idea that even though you've maybe a veteran player who's registered a ton of snaps at the Power Five, it doesn't mean you're going to come in here to start. We're bringing you in because we'd like you to come in and compete to start, but that's just it. You're going to have to come in and compete to start. And all of the guys that have said yes, well, I say all the guys, almost all of the guys that have said yes to Florida State have met that criteria, and if they didn't, they were gone pretty quickly. So I think Florida State is in a position now. The roster's good, really good. It's deep at most places, and they're not going to take just anybody. They're going to take a guy that can be a difference maker that adheres to those values so that the culture stays intact. Long term, you know, I think you still have to build through the high school ranks, and it's good that they're starting to get yeses from big-time players in the high school ranks. Yeah, agreed across the, the board there. You know, they, they don't always hit. Here's another place where they usually do, but they don't always. in their evaluations in the portal in terms of the skill. You know, there are the Marcus Cushney examples or Malik Feasters of the world, but most of the guys that they decide to take a chance on and, and spend a scholarship on, they pan out and they become good players for them. And sometimes, in, in, in a lot of cases, uh, very good players, linchpins. Uh, Dylan Gibbons is a great example of that, but we all know the defensive lineman as a couple of examples. Jermaine Johnson leading the way there. The great thing for Florida State at this point is you can afford to be picky. You don't need to throw bodies at a problem as often or for as many position groups. You're looking for good and talented players. So when you combine the fact that you can be picky because you've got a baseline of talent on this roster, along with their skill to evaluate and to be quick to pounce on a name that enters the portal, 
keep their ears to the ground, whatever the skill set is involved with that. I don't know, but they're good at it. You combine all those things together. My confidence is high that when they're done with the portal this offseason, when it, when it, in terms of bringing kids in, they're going to be good fits and they're going to be good football players. I do not believe we got a question in the chat about whether or not we'd go after just a punt returner. I don't think so. Exclusively a punt returner? I, I don't think so. I don't know. Obviously, there are, whenever a question, any question is asked about a position group, a player within that position group, it has to be understood that there are outliers and exceptions to yeah. all of those. If you're telling me the best punt returner in the country is available, yeah, man, I might go after that guy, especially if there was some mutual interest there. Sure. If you're saying there's a guy that is, you know, he's had a modicum of success and you think that he's better than anybody else you have that may be in line to return punts until Micah Pittman comes back, are you going to take a flyer on a guy when you have so few openings? I don't think so. I think you'll take a chance that one of those defensive backs, of which you have a ton, one of those wide receivers, of which you have a ton, will be able to field a punt. You'll rep them and hope that you can do that. If there's an elite difference maker at any one position, unless you're stacked, I pretty much think that you would always be interested in upgrading a segment group with an elite player. Yeah, I agree. If it's Greg Reed that's on the market, you, you go get Greg Reed to return punts for you. If it's Micah Pittman, the punt returner, I wouldn't waste a scally on that if I could go somewhere else. Pittman has helped solidify what we are at punt returner, and we will miss him. But that I wouldn't confuse that with Willie Reed or Greg Reed or Peter Warwick or <laughs> Deion Sanders. He wasn't. He's not that. He's just professional. He is yeah. professional at helping us miss the hidden yards. So I agree with you. I, I think part of that conversation of how picky they're going to be with specialists or position groups also will be influenced by how many more big names enter the portal between now and the two-week window closing. Honestly, it's it's the outgoing market that has me more on edge than the incoming announcements for Florida State as this window opens and closes. Well, I want more names to enter the portal from our roster, and we've got a couple already. Brennan Gant is, is, has left. We've talked about him. You'll hear that in a segment coming up. Tom and I had to quick do that for the website not just the show. So we literally did it moments before we came on the air today. So we're going to play that segment, second segment, right now, this hour. So you'll get our thoughts on the outgoing players Florida State has right now. Uh, and Tavius Woody is also gone. And, I, you know, this is not a surprise. To lose either one of those guys is not a surprise. I'm a little disappointed. Little. Very little. But And I don't mean this as a knock. I'm just talking about the quality of depth or players that we lose is different for each segment group. It's different for each assessment, right? You go, oh, well, we lost uh, Antavius Woody. Well, you know, that's a kid that moved from offensive line to defensive line. He wasn't going to play this year at all. I'm not devastated. They're deep there. Brennan Gant, I liked in coverage quite a bit. It's unfortunate that that skill set is not on the roster and he'll be leaving He's a kid that would have been in the rotation situationally. So, you know, you hate to see that. I, I mentioned Derek McClendon when he left. Was it devastating to your chances of winning the ACC? Devastating is a hard, you know, a strong word. No, I don't think I'd call it devastating. Was it unfortunate because he was going to be part of the four-man rotation at Devens Vin? Yeah, yeah, it was. You're, you're better with him than without him. So yeah. I don't like to lose players that you're better with than without. You know, but was I going to lose sleep over it? 
No, because it's not like losing Jordan Travis. It's not like losing, you know, if Johnny Wilson entered the portal, you might be like, well, damn, that changes that receiving. In fact, if you want to have a fun exercise, do that. Go through the segment groups and say to yourself right now, if this player announces that he's entering the portal, we're what? We're what? You know, and if you do it with Jordan Travis, you might have a word you can't say here on the radio. If you do it with Jared Verse, you might say, a word you can't say on the radio here. If you do it with Johnny Wilson, you might say, well, you know, by committee is not the way you win a national championship. You might be a little nervous at that point. You got to have a difference maker at some of these places. So, you know, though, when the player announces, do you feel that way? Do you say that to yourself or do you go, eh, you know, we'll be okay. I think in most cases it will be, we'll, you know, quote unquote, we will be fine. But there's always that there's always that chance. And like I said on Monday, we talked about this over the weekend, too. It's just it's very much like a dear diary type of thing with the rumors of, you know, who could be entering the portal, who has an offer, who's knocking down on on whose door. They're getting a call from this SEC school or that Pac-12 school or this Big Ten school. And then none of it you know happens. None of it comes to be. And the kid stays on campus. It's just it's like 90 10 the ratio of things that could happen, rumors that you do hear versus the 10% of the kid's name actually ends up in the portal. So it's, you're always on edge though. And I'm sure as a coach right now, Mike Norvell is waiting to see, all right, how much damage do I need to withstand? And do we need to respond to in the off season? Hopefully it's more like these types of announcements where it's just kids who are looking to play the game more. They want to play more snaps. Uh, you know, that's that there's no hard feelings with Brandon Gant and Antavius Woody whatsoever. No, 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 no hard feelings whatsoever. Uh, thanks, Scott. I see that you have uh, added in the chat here. Thanks for a second, to, uh, taking a second to chat about old times this weekend. Do you think Duffy is a possibility to end up in the portal this week? I like him, but he feels like the odd man out here, says Scott. You know, I think I would be surprised if he announced for the portal this week. Uh, I think I'd be very surprised. I think Duffy will hang in there and compete through the year. I don't know that, but I would be surprised if he left this early in his time at Florida State. Let's remember, he's not been here very long at all, just the one year. Freshman quarterbacks don't typically come in and elevate themselves on the depth chart to a place where they're going to be a starter or or a backup. Um, They might get to be a backup if they're elite, elite, but Typically, it takes time. That's a tough position to build and and to come up through the ranks. Um, there's a second part of what you inferred there, and I and I and I do think that is true. I, I think a lot of people feel this way, and that is that it's beginning to feel. If you draw the picture, if you draw this out to its logical conclusion, and you kind of project what you think everybody else is in that room and what's coming down the pike um, in the way of Cromenhawk. Uh, you begin to kind of paint a picture that sees Duffy being the odd man out. I agree with that assessment. I could see him being the odd man out. Uh, I, you know, we'll see. The fall could be very, very interesting. If, if, if somehow he takes a big step forward and he's nipping at the heels of Tate Rodemaker, well, you know, then maybe we would have to reconsider the uh, picture that we're drawing here. But as of right now, I think if you were to, you know, force me to pick something here, I'd tell you that, um, yeah, he, he seems like a guy out of all the quarterbacks, the ones that are incoming, the ones that just got here. You think about how Brock played this spring 
And, you know, you, you do start to see a, a way, a path to, uh, to Duffy playing somewhere else. You do. I'd agree that if you project it to next year and next spring, uh, that would not be stunning. Today, this week, would it be absolutely stunning? He didn't have a bad camp, and he could still, you know, he could still be Florida State starter. Like this thing could turn to where AJ puts two good weeks together and fall camp. And we go, oh, never mind, never mind. Look at what this kid did. He he took that next step. But for right now, that would just seem to be premature. I I would be very interested to see where the destination was if Duffy entered the portal right now because I don't think he would do it without a destination that's a pretty good one. I would be very surprised. I'm reminded, and we know this, and it's difficult, and it happens with rookies in the NFL too, depending on the position. Because there are outliers, because there are players who come in as true freshmen wherever. You look around the country every year, there's a handful of guys that will come in and you'll watch them be a star wide receiver, a star running back. In some cases, even a very, very good starting quarterback as a freshman. Occasionally, not a lot, but occasionally it happens. And when it does, we see it as fans and realize, well, that's possible. That's a thing that can happen. It's, you know, it's not all that crazy to think somebody's that kind of transcendently good at the craft of whatever the position is they're starring at, right? But it's not normal. In fact, not only is it not normal, it's highly irregular. Most of the time, if you're a player at a skill position, in particular a quarterback, and you come in, unless you're an elite runner, unless you're somebody that can absolutely uh, embarrass somebody with their legs, they have the kind of elusiveness that allows them to buy time when plays break down because they don't know where to go with the football. They don't understand the complexity of the defense they're looking at. And so rather than panic and get sacked or throw a pick, they make five people miss. And then now you just play this guy because he's electrifying and he can get away with mistakes because he's an elite athlete. Most of the time, if that's not the case, it takes a long time for a guy to figure it out, like two full years at, at coming in and learning an offensive system and getting comfortable, being away from home, being around the fellas, learning the offense, understanding where to go with the football, pre-snap reads, all that stuff, getting stronger, uh, getting better in the weight room, eating, getting bigger overall, all that stuff, adapting to the college life. That is a normal thing. Jameis Winston was the exception. And remember, Winston ended up starting as a redshirt freshman, not a true freshman. He was a redshirt freshman. And Jameis is the outlier. Jameis is one of these preternaturally gifted individuals who has everything. He's got size, strength, and elite intelligence. When it comes to football, there, there's not too many kids smarter ever that I've ever spoken to about football. So Jameis was the full package the day he stepped on campus, and he still didn't start until he was a redshirt freshman. So it takes some time. We'll, we're going to elaborate on the two kids that we just referenced, Brendan Gant and Tavius Wooding, uh, taking it on down the road and, uh, and transfer portal conversation. That's next on the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin. 
Your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply the jeff cameron show is a production of the warchant.com multimedia network check out warchant.com today for the latest news inside florida state athletics that's warchant.com now back to jeff on real talk 93.3 in what will likely be one of many updates we assume when it comes to uh, the transfer portal let's do an update we need a sounder we need a sounder for the warchant tv and warchant.com heck jeff cameron show wake up warchant you name it we need a sounder for every time we have to update the portal Got to imagine it's going to be bountiful, hopefully for the good for Florida State. We do have an update, though, for those that have been monitoring. Brendan Gant taking it on down the road. We talked about that some yesterday. Uh, and uh, Mr. Woody is also on his way uh, out the door. He had gotten switched to defensive tackle, and I wondered in that moment, Tom, if we're being honest, if this long term was going to work out well for him. I think that's a tough transition with a group that is as deep as it is. And I think that's where we should start. If you go from offensive line, which is very, very deep, and that's a good thing to have happen to this offensive line in the last year, you've seen an added depth and quality of depth and competition. And then you go from that position uh, and you get moved to defensive tackle. Ordinarily, you would have said, okay, well, you know, there's a rotation in there for you, a guy your size, but man, they're really deep there too. And so when we watched practice you just never got a sense that he was going to get much playing time this year certainly um maybe maybe hardly any if at all so you can understand why if he wants to play and play right now maybe he feels like there's greener pastures this was the spring I dubbed the spring of hurt feelings uh, you know this isn't a bitter thing uh Brennan Gant got moved to positions as well a year ago 
and actually filled that role at linebacker, his move from safety to linebacker, I thought pretty well, Tom. I thought he was a player that did well in coverage in particular. And this isn't a group, a segment group at linebacker where you see that be their expertise. So there was a, a, a use for him, and he filled that role pretty well. But he, too, has decided to go elsewhere where he can hopefully play a more prominent role. I imagine there's a few more names. Florida State's got to have a few more names go into this portal or decide to leave for whatever reason, given the 85 that they got to get down to. Yeah, I'll start with Gant. That one hurts because uh, they loved what he brought to special teams. Uh, he was a standout for Florida State on special teams. And then situationally, in this day and age of college football, if you have a team or an opponent that has a lot of slot targets and you don't want to or, or at least more than one true linebacker out there who is tried and true around the line of scrimmage stops the run, Gant was an option for you in that type of setting. So you lose a bit of a specialist who was going to be in the rotation, I think, in the fall versus Antavius Woody, who was not going to be in the rotation in the fall. They are so deep at defensive tackle, sir, that Bishop Thomas, who was somebody who was lauded last year through camp as going to be one of those guys in the rotation in the future, they're testing him out of the edge as a, as a edge setting defensive end versus D tackle. I don't know that that experiment's going to work out, but the point being that if you've got a guy like that, who was brought in as a defensive tackle out of high school and the coaches were really high on, and you're trying to find a spot for him to get some playing time that speaks to how deep they are at defensive interior. Now the picture next year, wasn't going to be uh, as crowded one wouldn't think, I mean, you know, Josh Farmer, Daryl Jackson, Braden Fisk, and Fabian Lovett could all be gone, eligible to go to the next level. So if you could have held on for one more year, then perhaps you'd be in the plans. But there's no doubt of the younger players, two redshirt freshmen are going to be the first up when it comes to extra reps in the defensive line. And that would be Daniel Lyons and Io Tafasi. So it's just a very crowded situation for uh, Antavius Woody. It makes a lot of sense. There were some folks I know uh, specifically on the recruiting side of things, on the recruiting boards, that were hoping that Antavius Woody would have come here to Florida State as a defensive tackle to begin with. He projected that way in some people's minds out of high school. But they tried O-line first, didn't work out. And then this is just going to happen. It's part and parcel to being Florida State as a 10-win program and hopefully better that you're going to have guys that you brought in. They aren't going to work out because they see that the depth chart is too crowded in front of them. So that's what happened, I think, in both of these cases. Really good problem to have. I would argue and submit to everybody that it's going to be bigger names in the future. It's not going to be guys that are playing a singular role or not in the rotation and really not close to playing in the case of Woody. You know, you lose a guy like that, most people, this is not a personal attack against the kid, but most people go, eh, okay, we lost Antavius Woody. Uh, you might kind of cringe a little because you had something in Gantt that was maybe more than what you thought you were going to get with that specialist role that you aptly described. But I, I don't think anybody's going to lose sleep over that either. In the future, there are going to be names that you lose. And I don't mean this particular trek around the portal. I, we'll see. We, we don't know. Uh, I just think that as you continue to build quality depth on your roster, you stand to lose some guys that are part of that depth who want to be starters and want to be a depth piece. They want to be a guy that's considered the man and they may get opportunities at other schools that are trying to supplant their roster with more talent. And they see an opportunity to come calling on a kid, whether he's from a certain region, which is near that university 
whether it's because that kid was a four or five star kid coming out of high school and hasn't been able to fulfill the role that he was expected to right away or as quickly as he would have liked. Kids like that are susceptible perhaps to hearing what they want to hear or being told uh, what they want to be told. And, and so you, you lose guys like that. I think that's going to be the future. I think Alabama bakes that in uh, to the way that they do business. I think that's probably going to be the way of the world for an elite ball club anywhere. If you're Florida State and you enter into the realm of being hunted the way that Georgia is right now, the way that Alabama is annually, uh, the way that programs, when they're operating at peak efficiency uh, and have cachet are, Ohio State comes to mind, Oklahoma for years, uh, Southern Cal is about to emerge as as such. I think Florida State's about to emerge as such if they get to where they want to go, and this is what's going to happen. You're just going to lose guys. And sometimes in the future, it'll be bigger guys than this, certainly. Yeah, you know, it's something that's kind of fun for Florida State fans, too, because even even if this process gets and poaches a player off the roster that you didn't want to lose – I don't think you're going to hate the kid. You know what I mean? Like there are times in, in the past where on national signing day, you'd have a prospect flip at the 11th hour, not communicate to the staff. And maybe that fostered some bad feelings around the fan base. But just as we did five years ago, we got used to something else, which is Florida state has a head coach who moved on to somewhere else. He's still in the profession. When Bobby Bowden left, he left the profession. When Jimbo Fisher left Florida state high and dry after leaving recruiting high and dry and going to Texas A&M, this is this weird thing where, oh, yeah, there's this other thing on Saturdays that I could tune in and there's an FSU tie. It was different, and it was largely rude against Jimbo. But in the case of the portal, Trayshawn Ward's at Kansas State. Going to check in on him. Malik McLean's at Penn State. Definitely going to check in on that kid. Wherever Brendan Gant goes, I would imagine he's going to play and in the, be in the rotation. Let's just say it was someplace like, I don't know, like Indiana or something. If there's a noon kick and Indiana's on, man, I'm looking for Brendan Gant. How's Brendan Gant doing? That's the thing about the portal these days is as Florida State gets better and better, you have a lot of these no hard feelings send-offs. You root for these kids, and and you actually start watching different pockets of the country because that's where some of these kids are going to go. Yeah, you do. Uh, It is different, and it's a case-by-case basis because there will be plenty of kids that you're not rooting for. Sure. There will be kids that you go, well, good riddance, and I hope you fail. That's a bit harsh. But I would say that I'm just talking about the fan base. I wouldn't be surprised if that is a common occurrence, just like there are plenty of kids, probably more kids, certainly, that you are going to root for, that you're going to understand the set of circumstances. Nobody's rooting against Treshawn Ward. I don't know how you could be if you were paying attention. He was great, and he played hard, and he worked his way into a place where he could start, and you could celebrate that because he was a walk-on prior. Nobody's rooting against that kid. But there would be plenty of kids where you're like, well, so Sam McCall's gone. Oh, well, you know, that, that kind of a thing happens. Um, and it's what it is. Uh, but, but having said that it's the new world of college football portal NIL, lots of changes, lots of comings and goings and uncertainty, which makes you nervous on a day-to-day basis when these windows of time are available because you just don't know kids are going to get disinformation just like we all do on a daily basis as we try to find out what's real and what's not in the world of news. you Kids are going to be bombarded with all kinds of offers. Some will be real, some will not, and a few in between. And so that's what you worry about because your roster's never really set. 
Yeah, I think it, and when you guys were doing headlines yesterday on Warchant TV live at one o'clock, just as the Jeff Cameron is uh, Monday, Wednesday through Friday on Warchant TV live at one p.m. I did a little section on the article because what he tweeted that he intends to go into the portal, so we have to have something on the site, and it's about impact on twenty twenty three, and it's minimal. And so far through these two transfers in two days, and again we're recording this near lunchtime on Wednesday, April nineteenth. Uh, the impact of the portal losses so far is minimal since the spring game. McClendon, is, is, that's a moderate impact, I think, of the defensive end rotation. But if you're just talking about from the spring game into this window of two weeks, so far, minimal impact on Florida State in the near term and the long term. But we'll see. Stay tuned on that. When it comes to starters or the two deep, I can hear all of us from Braveheart, hold, yeah. hold. Some of the other guys that are farther down the list, eh, you know, but those two deep guys, you're like, oh, come on now. Let's get through this thing together. Uh, we'll continue to update you about the portal. Uh, and also, you should know, you see the offer right there. If you sign up through August 31st, you get, uh, what, $29.99? That's what it is right now to become uh, a War Chant subscriber. That is a cheap deal, a good deal, a deal you want to be a part of in the active, always active world of college football right now especially while Florida State is on the rise, continues to climb, and is in a position to be playing really meaningful games, both on and off the field. Games in the portal, making moves on the field. Obviously, we all count it down from this point forward to the LSU game over in Orlando. So you're going to want to be a part of that. You're going to want to utilize the expertise on Warchant.com, whether it's listening to the JCS, appreciate that. Wake Up Warchant, always love that. Reading Iris columns, Corey's columns. All of the work that Tom Wing puts together as a content man, you're going to want all that stuff. That's what I call you, Tom, the content man. I like that. That's my new title. We're changing. Yeah, content man. Yeah. My favorite one. Uh, you're going to want all that stuff. Uh, Michael Langston also, obviously, in the world of recruiting, which is really busy all the time now, too. So make sure you do that. Get subscribed for just $29.99 right now through August 31st, 2023. Good deal for you. Orchant.com, of course. All right, more on that uh, portal update as it becomes available, as it's necessary. Check back. If you like and subscribe, you'll get the notification that, in fact, uh, we've done another video updating you on what's what in the transfer portal. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com, FSUHomeLoans.com. Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Appreciate you. By the way, I heard during during our break, are we frozen? Are we good? Is everybody good? Are we live? All right, we're good. I just don't see us, so I didn't know. Um, but look, look at that. Look, there you go. Well, Athletic Greens action right now, live on the air, so you know I'm not lying to the people. Man, you walk the walk. I do. This stuff is delicious. And I realized when I heard the commercial, which, guys, I got to cut a new one. I'm very well aware of it. That's a lengthy one. I gave Athletic Greens a lot of bang for their buck. But I need to just make this more succinct moving forward. Maybe maybe the commercial could just be me going, holding this like that. Um, 
But when I heard it, I was like, oh, man, you forgot to do it this morning. What's wrong with you, Cameron? So I got up and did it right then. There you go. All set. We're good to go. Uh, answering this question in the chat, we kind of already alluded to it, but I, I don't know that there's going to be a for sure effort to, to go and get a defensive end. I would be surprised if they didn't go get a safety. I would be maybe not surprised about linebacker, but I still would like them to go get a linebacker. But if you had to pin me down on the three positions I suggested they might need some help and go get somebody, and again, this isn't the order that I would do it in, but if you if you had to pin me down, Tom, I would tell you that I, I would be surprised if they didn't get enough safety. If yeah. out of those three, I don't even know if you agree with me about the three positions. So you may have a different list, but would you be surprised if they didn't go fill what position? Uh I, I think safety probably would be the biggest surprise. I'll be interested to see what they do with defensive back in general, because now you've got a full camp with uh, Coach Sertan and his feedback on where everybody stands and, and what he sees. And perhaps he's got a different viewpoint on several players who he might say, these guys aren't dudes. They need to go. We need to do better here at outside corner. Um, I, I'll just be I'll be fascinated to see how they attack defensive back. I think if you can get another edge rusher, that has to be at the top of the list. You can never have too many of them. And we saw last year that when Jared Versk went down slash was limited, how much of an impact that had on things. Patrick Payton can mitigate that to a degree, but I don't think you're deep enough there to fortify yourself against an injury. Like if, if one dude went down defensive interior, you're okay there at corner. You could probably survive safety. You have a blend of experience and skill. So you could probably live linebacker. I know you would say if you lost one of your two guys, you'd be correct you feel kind of left out in the lurch. You might need to roll an extra defensive back out there. Maybe Shaheen Brown needs to walk up and play more of a linebacker hybrid role. So you feel the pinch to me at at uh, defensive end and linebacker probably the most from a depth standpoint, but I think safety is where they go first. I, so I guess that's a long way of saying I think we agree. Yeah, I think we agree. I think we agree. I think they'll go, and uh, if there's a guy available, again, that's part of it. You just don't know. Um when you when you say, look, I, I would like a safety, I'd like a linebacker, I'd like a defensive end, keep in mind, everybody, that let's just say they agree with us. Let's just say the coaches agree that th those are the areas of need. I, I don't know that to be the case. They may say that Jeff and Tom are nuts. But uh, let's just say they did agree that those were the three positions where if the right guy was available, that's just it, right? The right guy has to be available, like I was saying last segment, like, there may be, I mean, you go look at the names in the portal. There are safeties in the portal. There are linebackers in the portal. There are defensive ends in the portal. But when you really delve into it, you know, I mentioned that stat, two-thirds, just about two-thirds of the players available that came out this week uh, for the portal that entered their names in the portal have never started a college football game. Well, you're not going and grabbing a kid that hasn't shown you anything on tape in college. I, I maybe two years ago he was a four star, so you think no, no. I mean, no. You already got him on your roster. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think you're looking. You know, we we have been able. Florida State's been able to find an awful lot of uh, 
kind of known commodities. Like Jermaine Johnson was a known commodity as a high-end player. And they got him to come in. Kier Thomas was too, to be honest with you. I mean, they you knew that was a plug-and-play good player. You knew that. It looks like now guys are shopping, looking for kind of under-the-radar gems. They're looking for players that maybe nobody's really sure of just now. And I don't think we're taking a lot of chances as your roster gets better on guys that may or may not work out, but there's no real evidence already prior to us reaching out to them or them reaching out to us of their expertise. I, I don't think so. Well, it, it goes back to what you said about you're going to piss off the high school kids who committed to you out the gates at some point. At some point, they're going to say, really? So this is like the third guy at my position that you're going to bring in here. I thought I was, uh, you know, well thought of as a high four star. You know, what gives here? But if you bring in a guy whose tape says that he is a bona fide badass and he's a rental for one season, and he makes you better, and maybe he doesn't start all the way, but, you know, he splits reps or whatever it is. Like, it could be a linebacker. Or what if that guy was a wide receiver who was a game-breaker? Like, it's very tough to project that that type of player would be in the portal and that you would outbid somebody else for the services of said player. But let's just say that you had a a, a 60-catch guy who was a top-end speed player at receiver. Is anybody in the room going to get pissed off if that guy is, you know, a bona fide on-tape producer at the level? Maybe a guy like Winston Wright might get mad, but, I mean, honestly, you know, it has to be somebody that the rest of the locker room would say, yeah, we're taking that guy because we want to go to the playoff. It couldn't be somebody who is like a clone. You don't want the Gilbert Edmund, Derek McClendon situation at a different position group this offseason, I guess is my point. Yeah, I think that's accurate. I don't think you want that. I I think you have to be very careful with that. You would lose people at that point. And depending on the guys you lose in the locker room, the quicker this thing dissolves into a less than stellar environment. And we've described it as nothing but a kumbaya situation for the most part. You have had very few malcontents and frustrated individuals that have made themselves apparent, you know? And what I mean by that is, Hey, you you can be mad at your situation. You can decide it's an ugly situation and I need out and nobody's mad at you about that. But then there are situations like you have at Texas A&M where it's been a nightmare. They're just dropping people left and right. 27 some odd people just out the damn door. It is abundantly clear that things aren't good at Texas A&M. They've got all kinds of problems and we're not shocked to hear it. So, yeah, yeah, I I agree. You know, the one place I would like to see a, a solution from the roster would be the, the middle of the offensive line. And, and I know they're going to try and work Casey Roddick really hard in the offseason to be able to snap the football. But I wouldn't it, it wouldn't break my heart if they found a power five level center that we know on film can snap the ball and isn't a liability, even if it's not to compete with Maurice Smith. Even if it's just to have an insurance policy, if they have space for that and they went that direction because you know, maybe hypothetically they didn't like what was in the, the safety market or the linebacker market or the rush end market. I just saw enough to know that if Maurice Smith is out and we know that on a Thursday before one of the big games, I'm not feeling so great about how we're going to hold up as an offense and how in rhythm we're going to be and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So maybe that's a position if you're looking for an outlier. Maybe the Roddick experiment, they say, it could work, but just in case it doesn't, let's go get this guy from an FCS school or this guy from a, a group of five school that's old, is large, and, and is a veteran. 
Matthew Wyckoff was the starting center at Texas A&M, and he gave up one pass pressure over the course of however many starts I told you about. Thirty. So, yeah, man, he's uh, he's available. <laughs> you, you can go get your starting center. Six whatever, three thirty-five is out there. Well, and that's the other thing is, you know, I'm talking about a rental, but there is the potential that you could go in the portal and go get somebody who's a multi-year solution. It doesn't always have to be a mercenary for one season. And that's how we got to this place is is we brought in a lot of multi-year transfers. Some of them left with a year of eligibility remaining, but then there are others like a Jared Verse who comes back, like a Dylan Gibbons who was here for multiple seasons. So that and Dimitri Emanuel, I mean, there, there is a path there that you could be thinking about the long term in the portal, even though that's an announcement that comes in the next month or so. The Wyckoff kid's got multiple years, Tom. I'm just oh, letting I, you know. I'm aware of this. Yeah. He's, got, <laughs> he's got multiple years. Yeah. You could bring him in. He could start for you. It would solve a lot of problems. It does sound weird to say it, though, because they've got 13 freaking offensive linemen fighting for five spots. So one of them has got to be able to snap the ball. And listen, I, I know currently there is only one, but – one of those other 12 dudes, or let's just shrink it to seven, the interior offensive lineman on this roster, okay? One of them has got to be able to snap. And if you do end up having to start Mo again, that's not the end of the world. I just don't think he's a championship-level center because he's too small, and for whatever reason, he can't get bigger. He's just never going to get any bigger. I, I think he's, what's going on with that. He's going to redefine what a championship level center is for you, buddy, at least in the ACC championship path this season, if he stays healthy. Uh, but if you could find somebody else who is capable or maybe a little bit larger, I mean, they've been trying for two years. Like, don't blame us for, for trying to look at through door number two. They brought in Kane Lyles for this express purpose. They brought in Casey Roddick for this express purpose. They were told both they would work at center. Uh, outside of Dylan Gibbons, I don't know anybody the last couple of years before Lyles got hurt that is reliably a good center. We bring up Darius Washington all the time that, hey, he could play there. Well, he doesn't, you know? So at some point, if, you're, if your depth chart goes in terms of proven guys who can keep the ball moving in rhythm and, and hitting Jordan Travis between the numbers, is Maury Smith and Stickle, no disrespect to number 64, but... We either got to cultivate that option fast with guys that we have, or maybe that's a place that you look. You can't disrespect Stickle, and I know you're not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm just saying, you you say Maurice Smith is not the definition of a championship-level center. Correct. I, I take issue with that, at least when it comes to ACC championships. With Stickle, I think we're in consensus here. He can snap the ball, though. He can snap the ball. He snaps the ball well. He's emerged from nowhere to be a viable part of the depth of this team, meaning that he could get snaps in games and it wouldn't be the end of the world unless those games were against really good teams. Then you've got problems. If he's going against whatever in this league, you'd probably be all right. If he's going against a really good team in this league, like Clemson, you've got a problem. So... That's the way I look at that situation. But see, I think you kind of have a problem if Mo starts in those games too. I, I just, I think they're looking, there's a reason they've tried to replace the man. I agree. I, I mean, agree. look, it's not just me being tough love Cameron over here. To your point, they have tried multiple times to go get somebody. And if it was a different Tom, <laughs> to quote Jimbo Fisher, I would tell you that I want to start Mo because his footwork is great. He's a hard worker. He plays through injury. He's smart. He just 
isn't big enough. And I don't know. And again, I don't mean to be mean. There's something going on. He can't gain weight. I, it drives me nuts. And it's like everybody else comes back bigger. And I'm like, you still look exactly the same. What the hell? But you know what? He's a silent MVP of last year's team because Caden was never going to be available. And if he was hurt, let's just say he was out for a month. Look at what, I mean, we, <laughs> Darius wasn't the solution, I don't think, there. So who the hell knows? What I do know is that uh, if you're looking for a dark horse, Believe it or not, as deep as we are on the offensive line, maybe that's a place they could look. All right. I'll have to be quiet. I'm seeing the 20 seconds uh, sounder there. So we'll go to hour number two. This hour flew. I love talking about roster stuff, man. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.